Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 305. We are sitting down with Evan, who is the owner of Phoenix Green Walls, and it was great to talk to him. He is a fantastic green thumb and an plant guru so if you guys are interested in getting to learn about his services in building plant walls and edible plant areas and just all around learning about your environment i just want you to take a listen to this episode then jot down all of his bio we always connect you guys with them and we also want you to jump over to our website to go see everything from pictures to videos and you can catch everything all of his links are always available on the website as well uh we want you to also go check out our newsletter and our our blog. Our blog is a little bit more of the personal side of our lives and what we're doing behind the scenes of the podcast. And then the newsletter will give you the official goings on of the podcast. So who's coming in, who's coming up next, and what is going on in our community. Now, speaking of our community, we have a little bit of a, a area where we call our community court board. So if you'd like to set up a, a little shout out or you want to just really give an event a highlighted uh, a shout out you can send a line over at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com we will set you up with one of those shout outs uh, a lot of things have been going on we hope that you guys are having a great holiday season a great thanksgiving uh whatever you celebrated we hope that you guys uh, had a good time with that so we're going to give you a little bit of what's going on in your neck of the woods so i just want to just say that a lot of things that are now holiday seasons is going on so zoo lights city skate you guys can go check out out those things going on with the uh, holiday mar- market time because they have special timings and all of that but it is a fun holiday time and a fun holiday weekend for your kids or for the family so let's go on to an, an actual event going on in the community uh, the music of the nights taking place friday on all day saturday and sunday you can go guys go check out the phoenix symphony and get your tickets from over there and one of the other things we'd like to shout out is our friends over at the church hill doing their sidewalk saturdays uh, always a good time to go check out the church hill they have fantastic things going on every single day actually with different events so i i encourage you guys to go check out their ig and just keep up with them on their media just so that you know what's going on with their events and last but not least their concerts all around but the sports weekend is what i want to highlight for you guys there's actually the asu u of a is gonna asu u of a game is gonna take place also arizona coyotes will take on the dallas stars for the nhl and last but not least uh, there's an uh, exhibit that is the Immersion Van Gogh exhibit that'll be taking place currently all the way through February. So you can go check that out at the Lighthouse Art Space. That is all your things going on in your neck of the woods for the community wise. Again, if you guys want to send us a line, finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com and let us get back to the episode. This is episode number 305 with Phoenix Greenwalls. Again, guys check this one out because it's a lot of fun and a lot of things that we talked about was our nerdy side because i am a a landscape architect and i just want to just get into it with him with that stuff so it was really fun to go back and forth with evan check him out i'll catch you on the next episode bye y'all hey guys jose here big businesses have plenty of lobbyists but these big guys aren't the ones that need help small businesses like the ones we feature on our podcast do President Joe Biden cut taxes for families and small businesses instead of putting big corporations first by passing an aggressive economic rescue plan. 
Learn more about how the American Rescue Plan is helping small businesses by going to realstoriesrealvoices.com. Now back to the show. podcast. I am your host, Jose. As always, we bring in very fantastic guests every week. Today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, from uh, Phoenix Greenwalls, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Evan. Evan, hello. Jose, how are you doing today? I'm doing swell. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air and we got to know each other a little bit. So I just want to get everyone situated and just get them to understand who you are as a business and who you are as an individual. Can you give us a little bit of your origin story and how this business came to life? Yes, um, well, Arizona native, uh, born and raised uh, in Mesa. Um, and once uh, 2008 came, I left Phoenix due okay. to the economy crashing. So yep. went out to New York. Um, and but my passion for plants all began um, as a kid going to a local nursery, tip top nursery with my nice. mom, buying plants, doing plantings, um, growing yeah. a vegetable garden in the backyard. So kind of started from that um, nice. and continued, continued through that. I love that. I love yeah. that. And, and it just, um, just so you know, for my own kind of like, I love doing these stories and I always break it down. Like a lot of people have their own, how they came to be and how their business came to life. And some of my favorite are just some of the childhood ones where they're mm -hmm. like, I grew up doing this and it's been a lifelong passion of mine. I can't see myself doing anything else. Those are the types of story that get me because you know, that there's a level of, um, like that passion doesn't go away and exactly. it's, it's eternal. It's, it's mm -hmm. one of those things that you just really, you hope that this individual will continue doing that thing that they love most. And it, it looks like you do. And it, I mean, just from the background alone, for those of you who can't see it, uh, Evan behind him has a, a number of plants behind him growing and flourishing. May I just add flourishing in the, <laughs> we have a, we have a money tree, that is okay. not doing so well in the in the north side of room that we have. We're just slowly adding more things to like, you know, uh, humidifier to like help it, you know, in, yep. in that time. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm not great at a green thumb, even though I'm a landscape architect. I don't <laughs> I don't consider myself a green thumb. But again, these stories are just really great to hear your uh, passion from a lifelong childhood. And can you give us a little bit because I know that you said the nursery um, and I know around the area here is a lot of homegrown nurseries. Is there any one that you can kind of give us a story about that's affected your life besides the tip top one that have, you know, probably stayed eternal. One of them I know for sure is a mountain States nursery that I like to go to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're a good wholesale nursery. Um, then when Tip Top filed bankruptcy, they got bought out by a local nursery called Desert Winds, which is in North Phoenix. Yes. And that has now become Summer Winds. So there's two of the original Tip Top nurseries left nice. that are now Summer Winds. Um, but, you know, I like Arizona Wholesale Growers, Mountain States, um, Desert Tree Farm. Those are a lot of the wholesale growers. Um, Whitfield Nursery is great. Um, I like Whitfield. Know, yeah, AMP Nursery. AMP um, I grew up across We're just going to shout out all the nurseries. Exactly, here. exactly. You know, a lot of them have been here for 40, 50, 60 years. So, yes. um, you know, it's nice to have those 
locally grown, um, you know, have those connections with the community that they've been in for such a long time. So, um, you know, and that's one good thing about plants is plants bring people together, um, you know, so it's, you know, it's a great community. Absolutely. Yep. So you had mentioned that you went out to New York. And one of the things that I noticed between this kind of climate and the the plants over there, because I actually spent some time out in the East Coast when I was younger, um, more luscious, definitely uh, you get more rain out there. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the greatest things, and it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've gotten um, some inspiration from out in the East Coast, is because of spacing, the verticalness, it becomes the aspect that is very important to um, a gardener in the East yep. Coast, in a, especially in a, in a city like New York City. Can you give us yes. a little insight on that, you know, what that effect and that time out there in New York City has done to your life? Um, that has that really kind of got the creative juices really flowing. Um, how are you going to build a terrace garden with a barbecue, a infinity edge pool or a hot tub, a fireplace, all within something that is 1,200 square feet. That could be anywhere from four stories up to 25, 30, 40 stories up. Um, So it's, um, and also with that, it's a logistical challenge to try and work in a city like that. So um, to work with really great Um, landscape architects and designers who were creating things that, you know, being from the desert would have never thought of. Um, And then also literally after spending 30 something years in Arizona, having to go and completely learn a whole new variety of plants. And um, so it, you know, and so that, um, you know, help me kind of expand my knowledge and yeah. kind of understand, you know, how plants work better because yes, what's on the ground is a different temperature than 40 stories up. So, you know, it's like, yes, you know, in the wintertime, you may have 32 degrees down below, but you have 28, you know, 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you irrigations are a huge logistical because you don't want a busted irrigation pipe on a roof. Um, So it's, you're really, really being cautious. You're, you know, looking at the fine details. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, it makes you kind of zone in more and get, you know, um, trying to think of the word here, but it gets you, um, I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) No, no, it gets you drawn in because of the logistical nature of everything and having that layeredness of, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to worry about irrigation. You have to worry about types of planting. You have to worry about design. You have to worry about what the, what the customer wants, what you're uh, inclined to do as a style, you know, all of those things work together. And, you know, again, landscape architect to landscape architect, it's just one of those things that like, I grew up just, you know, so I'll give you a little bit of my interest. When I went to, uh, before college, I was growing up on an Indian reservation. So all I knew was dry farming and just that kind of lifestyle of uh, Mm -hmm. growing plants. When I went to ASU and and got my education is where I started learning about native plants and native uh, planting. It, It didn't dawn on me that because of where I lived, that planting was very limited based on soil, based on all these other aspects surrounding where I live. Mm-hmm. It dawn on me. And then when I started to learn that is in, in school, and then that the understanding of it and just kind of 
it's like it drew me in because I, you know, wanted more from it. And I was like, oh, okay. So if I add this, maybe this will adjust this or, you know, all those types of things. Yeah. Um, one of the other parts that you kind of, you, you just skimmed the, the surface of it. When you switch from East Coast to West Coast, it's not just planting. It's all sorts of things, soil, things like that. It's just all those minute microclimates. Yeah. Everything is just you had to pick up and just flip it on its head because I will bring this up as someone who's tried vertical planting myself. The soil here or the things that you need here for this climate is probably more like you have to get more dirt and have more of the dirt, you know, so that the plant can grow mm -hmm. rather than the East Coast where you get more rain and, and different climate and it, it's totally one, you know, I feel like it's, you get more here, or you need more here yep. on physical, I, the physical like dirt and things like that, rather than you would on the East coast. So exactly. that's science, that science you had to come up with yourself. I know I'm just skimming the, is there more to it? Or can you give us a little insight that you like to share with your clients or with your uh, colleagues that you just love about this vertical planting here in the West coast? Um, yes, uh, I could go on all day talk about this. The biggest thing is, um, you know, living in New York and, you know, eventually deciding to move back to Arizona. It's like, OK, what am I going to do? Yeah. Arizona is right because you can grow tw uh, 12 months out of the year. Yes. So um, living in New York during COVID, it became an issue of groceries. We were living in a two bedroom apartment. Um, so it became, well, we want to cook. But where are we going to find herbs? Where are we going to find vegetables? Things like that. So it became, okay, how can, if we do move out to New Arizona, how can I kind of take this and kind of incorporate that into Arizona? Not really change how people think about gardening, but just give them a new perspective. Absolutely. So, um, you know, every land, every, pretty much every yard is a finished landscape yard. Mm -hmm. So you want to grow vegetables, where do you go? You, you know, unless you remove something or you have an area that you haven't landscaped, that's your only area. Yeah. Well, every yard has gray block walls. So why not cover those block walls with vertical gardening mm -hmm. um, that also has the effect of, okay, well, those block walls have less ability to absorb that heat. So not only are you doing that, you're also kind of creating a microclimate because you are adjusting, you're not getting that heat radiation through the night. So over time, you know, depending on how large you go in your backyard, you can kind of help drop the temperatures in your backyard a little Absolutely. bit. Um, so, you know, so if we ever, you know, God forbid we ever have another pandemic, people will have resources to be able to get their own vegetables and their own fruit. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, we weren't, we came last October. So we were kind of at the tail end of the first wave. So, you know, and obviously in Arizona, there's grocery stores everywhere and they're packed, but in New York, it's like, you know, what am I going to be able to find today? Um, how much has the price shot up? Um, yeah. So it just became, let's, 
you know, let's take what I've gone through and kind of incorporate that, but also not just, you know, edible living walls, let's do yeah. interior living walls because that people go back to the office, um, you know, they want to feel comfortable. They want to feel relaxed. Um, and with all the studies with plants, there's nothing but positive effects having plants in a yeah. work environment. So um, to kind of take all of that and kind of, you know, and what I always say, Phoenix is generally eight to 10 years behind LA and New York. So yes. why not try and speed, you know, Inject the changes, and, you know, and kind of let's go ahead and, you know, start reaching out to offices. And mm -hmm. um, yes, there are some companies in the Valley who have been here a long time who maintain and install offices, but yeah. why not make that more visible? Why not, um, you know, get that out there a little bit more so you know by having yeah. another company and you know getting that out there um it just starts to kind of you know get people's you know minds going um so Absolutely. it's you know it's been great kind of getting back and um you know introducing myself to people and kind of like this is where i feel that you know i can help you guys yeah i think one of the things that you know we have to that we discussed is, you know, changing that aspect of the mind of from East Coast living to West Coast living. So you had brought up, you know, it hard to bring or it's harder when you have a very populous city and the food is scarce. The issue here in the West Coast is things called desert, uh, desert food deserts and mm -hmm. you know, certain areas not having that plentiful fruit and veggies available to um, all citizens, you know, young, old, uh, whatever. And that's the issue here. So if we, in, you know, flip that mindset and introduce, um, you know, like you said, growing your garden on a vertical wall in your own backyard or in community gardens, introducing that community element, which I have noticed does very well here in the, in the Phoenix area, those community mm -hmm. gardens do really well here in those um, blank lots that don't yep. you know serve anything um people have started to introduce those areas and i think if you switch that mindset or you know try and um focus on that living of the west coast is different and we still have that issue but using it towards a different issue uh, exactly. does the yeah, food deserts yeah i think it really would work well and one of the things that i also want to bring up too is one of the things that I think would really work and things that people should start to notice is um, the hospitals have started to realize green and lush and beautiful plants in the outdoor areas or in the courtyards help with your healing process. I think yep. that's something that we should discuss. Have you ever yep. worked in a hospital yet? Um, I have not. Um, that is something that, you know, is on our list to try and get into because, you know, yeah. all hospitals, they all have those healing guards. They have those areas. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to get out of the hospital room, get some fresh air, get some sun and kind of see life around you. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, we live close to St. Joe's and I drive, you know, Third Avenue all the time. And just with the new buildings and the outpatient yeah. area, you're starting to kind of see those areas, you know, kind of incorporate plantings and kind of yeah. little secluded, what I like to call little pocket parks and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, you and I are discussing all of this development growing in Phoenix. And as we've started to notice the population growing and we've hit 
uh, record number, we're fifth or fourth in line of populous city. But one mm -hmm. of the things that I like to tell people is that the population may be growing, but it doesn't feel condensed, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like it doesn't feel clustered. It's, it's still the old Phoenix spread out. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think what is going to start to show or start to see is those pockets, like you said, those elements where the community starts to inject themselves into those areas where like planting is a big thing for old Phoenix, where we do flood irrigation in certain communities. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who don't understand flood irrigation or what it is, it's where the city goes in and opens up the waters and lets it flood into your lawn and your neighbor's lawn and the neighbor, neighbor down the road's lawn. And all of that is to help you with your planting and with the, the lawns of all the neighborhood. That is so like, that's something that's only done here that I know of. And yep. that sort of thing is implemented or injected in the history and in the community. Those are the types of things that I want to continue forward. I actually, like you said, I live close to the St. Joe area. I love the canal. I love yes. what they're doing to the canal. The canal scape is becoming more and more beautified with mm -hmm. uh, murals. Um, I know that city is starting to really plan and look forward to uh, planting uh, along the canal and doing some landscaping around there, their sitting yep. areas. As you start to see this stuff and as someone who's fairly new to the area, does this give you positive influence or are you starting, you know, you can see yourself in those pockets where you can start to help those individuals? Oh, definitely. And we've kind of already reached into those areas. Nice. I am. Uh, I spend a lot of time in downtown Phoenix, hitting up a lot of the new residential buildings. Awesome. Um, so I've uh, gotten into a couple of buildings where uh, residents could buy plants from us and yeah. we will go and deliver them to the building. So, um, so what we're doing is um, creating flyers for each of the buildings. And yeah. so when new residents move in, they can buy plants and get 20% off. We'll deliver them. We deliver them at a cheaper price because what we're looking at doing is to get, a, you know, quite a few deliveries to that area. Mm -hmm. But then also we want to work with those buildings and using their event spaces to hold monthly classes with the residents, to uh, bring the building together, to have those classes, you know, succulent building, you know, succulent bowl classes, terrariums, things like yeah. that because you can kind of create that happy hour effect and you're getting yeah. the residents of the building in there and you're kind of, you know, letting them meet each other. And, mm -hmm. you know, because Phoenix is a big transitional city, we yeah. have people coming all over the country and all over the world. So by allowing those residents to kind of meet up more than seeing them in the morning, seeing them in the afternoon as they're passing through the lobbies and stuff. Or, or the uh, trash. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> waiting for the elevators and yep. stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and then with that, we also, you know, we'll work with the residents. If they go on vacation, we mm -hmm. will do plant sitting. And if they're going to be gone for cool. an extended period of time, we can take care of their plants. So we're started focusing on the downtown Phoenix area. Um, then we'll eventually move over to the next new growth in downtown Tempe. Mm -hmm. um, so we're kind of hitting a lot of those high rise residential buildings. Um, some of the people are students, so they don't have the ability to go to the nurseries. So yeah. we're pretty much bringing the nursery to them. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that 
what you guys are doing here is just kind of like you're, you're the middle plant guy. You're, you're between the wholesaler and the and the person, the customer. You guys are here in your little space, just really trying to involve yourself in the community. And I think that's yeah. wonderful. I think that yeah, really we want to have we want to have people, anybody to have access to plants. And if that's us going out and doing the installations, um, interior, exterior installations, selling the plants, ultimately um, our goal is to have a brick and mortar store. And we would want something either off the light rail or downtown Phoenix because, you know, at first, because that's where a large population is. So um, yeah, so we kind of have these stages and goals that, okay, First, let's go ahead and do installations. Let's work with the residents yeah. and then let's get our name out there. Then once the name is out there, then let's go brick and mortar. And sure. from that point, let's, you know, yeah, let's start to kind of spread out. So, um, you know, we have an online shop um, that people can order stuff. Eventually, we're going to add a lot of um, outdoor material for backyards mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, we would also, you know, love to work with landscapers and be the like, you know, we're five plants short. Well, we have those resources and we can get those plants to you. So you're not having to go and send yeah. your crew and lose hours to go and pick up five plants. Yeah, we can, sure. you know, we can have that, you know, and have that ability to kind of get that out to you within two to four hours. So we're kind of starting to set all these stages up to yeah. be able to be that resource for plants whenever they're needed. Um, we just did an installation uh, for an office reached out to them last week and within four days we had a few plants in there for their grand opening on thursday nice. evening so it's awesome. you know we want to like be able to kind of as much as we can kind of have a quick turnaround because you know things are always changing and stuff and you know and the way it is now people want things now so yeah let's try and you know what can we do to kind of start going that way yeah i think one of the things that i like to ask all of our the individuals who come on our show is what have you learned most from the community, especially you being here a short period of time compared to a lot of the other businesses that we've had um, mm -hmm. year plus or two years plus you've, you, you know, that short period of time, what have you learned most about the community around you? Um, that they want plants. Um, we lived off of central and Camelback. I grew up in Mesa, two completely different areas. Um, you know, as a kid, I was like, wow, downtown Phoenix, uptown Phoenix, that's, that seems so far away. But what I've seen is, especially in these older areas, people love their landscapes, people love their houses, they take care of their houses, you know, historic neighborhoods are amazing. Um, you know, going for walks every night is, you know, a big plus. So it's nice to be able to kind of be in an area where, um, you know, it's not to bash new construction. You don't, you know, a lot of those neighborhoods that I've worked in the past, you don't see that, um, that community. Yes, it's growing a little bit more um, since I've been gone, but you see more of a community in these older areas, yes. you know, for example, Willow and Canto, um, we're in the Carnation neighborhood. So it's, you know, people take pride in their neighborhoods. And Absolutely. so, you know, when I'm out or, you know, if I have plants and, you know, people stop me, it's like, you know, let's talk. So, yeah, you know, exactly. they're, they're outgoing and they want to know what we're doing and stuff. So I, uh, I just, I, it, it makes me feel good that you are someone who's, you know, 
you get it. Like as soon as you you started doing work here and you started, you know, understanding, I mean, you're a resident here. I mean, you had lived in Mesa. And so it's like, you get it. You understand that there's that level of understanding to it. So I just want to say thank you again, because it helps me to really um, just kind of unfold or just kind of talk things out with the owners because it helps me connect too mm-hmm. as a, as a customer like that's all you really want as a customer is like, let me talk to the owner. Let me see what they're about and let me understand where they're coming from. Because if I'm buying something that's more than a hundred dollars, I'd like to have a little bit of a conversation or a little exactly, bit of, yep. you know, that helpful understanding. You know, I think you guys are doing wonderful things here. And I think there's wonderful opportunities as the city grows, you're only going to get more and more opportunities out yep. there. And I think that that's something great. I like to also get a little bit more personal. Is there anything that you'd like to do daily that in your routine to kind of keep yourself balanced as a business owner? Yep. Um, as much as possible, I do my three mile walk every morning on the canal. So I drop my son off at school. I come home, throw my shoes on and start walking the canal, throw in my music that helps me start my day. Beautiful. Living in New York, I would walk to either the next subway stop because I wanted that 15, 20, 30 minutes of every morning, every evening of like clearing my head um, of just getting my day started, especially when I was in New York because never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So that gives me, okay, I wake up, I walk, I get a nice start to my day. And then the same thing when the day ends, I use that time to decompress. So come home, um, you know, we go for walks in the evening as well after dinner. So as much as possible, I'm trying to, you know, maintain that, you know, kind of that walking, being in the neighborhood, kind of seeing what's changing. I'm, you know, I'm always looking at things, always looking at ideas. Oh, this house is being remodeled. What are they doing? How can I incorporate things in future jobs? So I'm always trying to use what's around me as inspiration as well. I love it. I love that because I'm the exact same way. My wife and I, like I told you, we have our son and we go on morning walks uh, along the canal as well. And Mm -hmm. so that's our opportunity to decompress, even um, talk to each other. I mean, we as parents don't get a chance, especially when they're newborn to really like, you know, how are you? How's, you know, how's he doing? You know, are you okay? You know, you know, is he too much? You know, all that. And so that's really great for me to have that opportunity with my wife to, you know, have that. And then also what I do in the afternoon, I'm a runner. So I just really just go for my four or five mile run and then just, you know, head back. And I love that because physical, that endorphin, like that Mm -hmm. runner's high, it helps me just clear my head. Um, And so it's like all of that, just to say, it's like, it helps me also understand the environment around me as the community grows and change changes. I get to see that. And mm-hmm. so I really do. Again, I, I'm on the same level and understanding and appreciating and empathizing as you. And I really do. I hope I get a chance to see you in person because I think that the, you and I would get real long really well. Definitely. Yes. I, I love your planting. I wish like, honestly, I wish I had more planting in the office. We do have plants around the house and I can't show you right now, but I, I wish I had more in the office. And so I just, again, I think that this is really great. What you guys have here is just something really special. And 
to just take a time out of your day to have this conversation really means a lot to me. So I kick it off to you in the end to let everyone know where they can find you online, all your events, social media handles, everything. Go right ahead, Evan, take it away. Cause I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually going to look up myself. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So you can find us um, at phoenixgreenwalls.co is our website. We have our online shop there as well. Um, we are on Instagram um, at Phoenix Greenwalls. We are also on Facebook. Um, we are hoping to have a few uh, new installations coming up shortly. Um, um, some, you know, one of them a little um, could be uh, one of the kind of largest green walls in Arizona that um, we're actually doing a refresh on, um, hopefully here in the next week or two. Awesome. So, um, you know, really kind of, um, you know, doing as much as we can with social media, with the community of, you know, getting us out there. Um, we are looking to hopefully in spring do a couple farmers markets, um, nice. doing some plants, getting some plant sales out there. Um, There's one close it. to you. I know yes. that there's one close to you. <laughs> yes, <one>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We got a couple, we got a couple near us. Um, and then just kind of, like I said, working with these um, business or these residential buildings of having these monthly classes. And then eventually once we get our brick and mortar store going, we want to kind of do the same thing, kind of have community events and stuff like that. And, um, and just branching out um, with more, um, kind of advertising and working with local organizations yeah. a little bit more, hopefully doing some, um, you know, cross promotions with businesses, as well as kind of doing um, some, you know, some projects with yeah. some, you know, fascinating people, you know, would love to work with some artists and kind of incorporating some art with some green walls and, yeah. you know, kind of allowing, you know, other people out there who have a lot of skills and talents who aren't really, um, don't get the exposure. We want to work with them as well because yeah. you know it's a win-win for everybody. So um, once you, you get know. once you get into that art and uh, and metalwork and all the artists and, and especially here in Phoenix, there's a big like. Trust me, as someone who does interviews yes. and has artists come on, there's a big group and they're all fantastic. Like I, I, there's some that are just introverts, but there are some extroverts out there that are just really fun to, to chat with mm -hmm. and, and have a good time with. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Evan. I, I just really, thank you. Uh, thank I, you. I, I appreciate you. Uh, I just want you to know, it's like whatever we can do to help you out and make any of this happen, please feel free. You know, if you want uh, some names and people that you want to shout out or, you know, get involved with, come find me. I can probably help you out down the road. Uh, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I have to do my little bit. You can hear every episode of our podcast at our at our website, findingarizonapodcast.com. All of our social media handles is Finding Arizona Podcast. Last but not least, patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. That is our bonus content material. And uh, last but not least, we always say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you again to Evan and Phoenix Greenwalls for coming on the show. Catch you all in the next one. Bye. Thank you.